Hello everyone, this is Corey from the Picture Books to Gang podcast. In fact, this is future Coco, the one who's in charge of getting rid of all of the mouth sounds. So, let's talk about where we are. Today I actually have for you the Aussie Books to Gang's uh, Best of 2021 episode, and I would just like to extend my deepest thanks to all of their patience while we get our lives together. December was pretty wild, and we all know that January is just onboarding of the brand new year. A couple things before we hop into this delightful conversation. You may notice that Lucy's Instagram username is not a part of her intro, and that's because she's actually changed her username since recording this episode. She is now at Instagram at love4reading, F-O-U-R, because she has four little kiddos. I wanted to chat briefly about what the categories are so you'll be able to follow along with the conversation. The categories for the Australian Best of 2021 book list were Best Board Books, Best Picture Books, which includes the Best Picture Book for Older Readers, Best Illustration, Best Biography, Best Nonfiction, Best Graphic Novel, and Best Middle Grade. They don't talk too much about the Best Middle Grade because we don't talk too much about middle grade books on this podcast, but you should definitely go check it out. And we will have links in the description box below with the list, all the slides, and of course with all of the usernames from the folks that are taking part in this conversation. So Lucy just gave me a couple points to mention with you. Uh, The main points of difference this year was that there were more members of their team and they had middle grade reviewing uh, as long as knowledge under their belt because children were getting older and some folks that were in the group also teach middle grades. The other change from the list this year is the inclusion of a best picture book for older readers due to the trend towards longer form picture books dealing with more complex subject matter in Australia this past year. Some main trends that they found were staying at home and emotions. So many books about emotions uh, that it caused them, the Australian reviewers, to have some strong emotions. Uh, (laughs) It's in parentheses and it's delightful. So due to some parts of Australia having lengthy pandemic lockdowns over the past two years, Melbourne having the strictest and longest stay-at-home orders in the world. So that could be why we're seeing these trends. All right, folks, so that pretty much wraps up the future Coco segment of this episode. I hope you enjoy our Aussie contingent. And once again, my deepest thanks to their flexibility and letting me just be a disaster for a little while before I got this episode out. I hope you guys are having a great week, and I can't wait to bring you more stuff soon. Get ready for the next season of the Picture Books to Gang podcast. Bye! Well, thank you, Kari, and Ali and Kelly for having us to chat all things books in Australia. And my name's Lucy. And my pronouns are she, her, and I'm speaking to you tonight from Wanarua, Wanarua land. Hi, I'm Shannon. I'm coming to you from Darug country. You can find me over on Instagram at ocreativeday, and my pronouns are she and her. And I'm Kristen at, from artsplorers uh, underscore au, and my pronouns are she, her, and I'm coming to you from Camaragal land. So we were just chatting, ladies, about some of the books that we've seen this year and we've certainly had a lot of books about emotions this year, did you think? 
I absolutely agree. (laughs) And I think that probably reflects the current conditions that we've all been battling through over the last 18 months. But we really felt as a group that there wasn't a book on the topic of emotions or feelings that really stood out or dealt with the topic in an innovative way. It's almost like um, there's just been an overload of books on emotion. Yeah, I agree. I think because we've all been experiencing strong emotions too, sometimes we then don't want to rehash that at night. Yeah, Um, Yeah, it feels too soon. (laughs) We're still processing. I think one book that emerged from the current climate we're in about sticking close to home was Down the Road Little Bee by Sarah Jane Lightfoot. I thought it was a really sweet book about, picture book about basically being told through the seasons and walking around a local neighbourhood and seeing how the plants and wildlife change with each month throughout the year. And we all thought that that was quite a nice one because it reflected the seasons in Australia, uh, Australian uh, flora and plants and, and also Australian wildlife. So I felt like that one kind of took where we were at as as a country and community and many states having long lockdowns and nodded to the pandemic without actually ever explicitly talking about the pandemic and talking about being close to home. And then there was kind of like a little scavenger hunt thing throughout the book, but also you could take that and look for things in your local community. So I thought that was a nice way of, um, of capturing our current climate in a picture book. And I think a lot of the books on our list as well had those themes of sticking close to home and spending quality time with your family doing everyday, otherwise mundane things like um, Rajah Street was about a little boy infatuated with the garbage truck coming every week. Um, Those little everyday events that we can all relate to and looking for the joy in those everyday events that really was we were all stuck at home and we were all looking for the joy in the little things as well and I think that's also reflected in our winner for the younger category of picture books as well backyard magic I think that was the first book I received this year actually yeah it was for me too Shannon yeah yeah, right at the start we all said oh hello this is a good start to the year but it all I think it almost set the bar too high because it was a hard act to follow after that um And it's just an exquisitely illustrated book about a little girl who's been watching too much TV and her mum tells her to go out into the yard and see what happens and magic happens in the backyard. And it's the the images are amazing, so many opportunities for visual literacy um, and it's all about staying at home and being imaginative. So, like, that was a strong start to the year, I thought. Yeah, I agree. And I think pretty much everyone was unanimous about that one too, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful one. Do you have a standout, Kristen? Well, we all, I think also, uh, most of us equally love The Curiosities as well, which is such a beautiful book, both in terms of its storytelling, which is quite unique, and its beautiful imagery um, that's based on the illustrator's um, Filipino folk lore, um, folk heritage. And so it's it's to- it's written from the perspective, uh, or it's written by the author's 
child has Tourette syndrome. And so it kind of doesn't deal with that directly, but deals with the idea of any sort of thing that makes you feel different, makes you feel that you stand out, makes your brain work differently, whether that's a neurodiversity or any kind of difference. And and the way that that's both a a benefit in the world and a, a challenge in the world. And so these little curiosities carry with him um, throughout his his life and how he grows with them and learns to live with them. And um, it's just a really, it's, it's, it's just a stunning book, both visually and with its storytelling. I think it struck everybody in the group. Yeah. Now, dear listeners, you may detect Kristen has a slight accent that's not Australian. <laughs> she is. And it, <laughs> She uh, was born in America. I was. How born do you in find as someone who hasn't grown up in Australia but is raising kids in Australia, just the kinds of books that you are getting to introduce to your kids, or like, are there books where you you feel the Australian voice really stands out, or is different to the kinds of books that you may have had if you were raising your kids back in the states? Well, I have to tell you that I feel like. I'm one of those um, people that comes into a new situation then becomes like completely reverent about that situation and just wants to shout from the rooftops about like all the great things that we have here and everybody should be looking at Australian books. Um, (laughs) I'm that person. It is really important to me to share Australian perspectives with my kids because they're Australian and they're Australian more than they are. Um, I'm American, my husband's Serbian, but like they feel like they're Australian and they need to have Australian stories. They need to see their realities reflected. And so I think that, um, yeah, sharing Australian books with them is really, is really important to me. So we look at almost exclusively Australian books, you know, we, (laughs) we, (laughs) we get a few, we get a few, um, yank as we say here a few yank books sneak in but um but yeah but mostly we look at Australian books and on that I was going to mention one thing I was noticing about a lot of the books that we picked for the picture books this year in particular is there is a sort of a big focus on um stories of people from overseas whether they're immigrants or refugees or sort of first generation in Australia and Australia does have a really large population of people born overseas or who are first generation living in Australia. And so we have things like the boy who tried to shrink his name, which is about a boy with a very long name that um, he feels is hard for everyone to pronounce and how he deals with that, which is so wonderful. Um, and, and I think that that one, I think that one has a... Um, you know, there's there's other books that exist in America and, and North America, like Your Name is a Song, The Name mm. Jar. But I think to have an Australian version where with the boy who tried to shrink his name, the narrative is different. I mean, it parallels um, his his friend who's a little girl is a skateboarder. Or he He's a skateboarder and he tries to teach his friend who's a little girl how to do the skateboard trick and they have to break it down into the component parts and as they do that they realize that paralleled with that is they have to break the name down into component parts and they both achieve their goals together but what i loved about it was it had little australian touches like the classroom had the australian flag there was a kookaburra outside the window so even though there's other books that exist with that theme i think for australian migrant children to see that that 
that these sorts of stories exist here was a really nice sort of touch. Yeah, we also had the cathachest on that um, on that same uh, uh, talking about um, you know stories from uh, immigrant perspectives as well of the little girl going through. Um, her grandmother's, I think it's her grandmother's um, chest of all the old saris um, and the beautiful prints and they all have a story to tell and they're all woven together and you see these images of these absolutely gorgeous women in her family and her heritage and each one of them has is represented in the in the cloth and it's all woven woven together and that's such a such a particular story um and it's just so so beautiful to see that story and and to see that represented beautifully so beautifully visually I um taught a unit on families with kindergarten this year and I used that book and it was a truly transcendent experience because I had so many little people in the class who were like yeah that's like my nanny she has that she wears that she has these she we have this chest and it was almost like I could hand the lesson over to them because it was their story that they could share. And like, that's what we want more of in publishing, isn't it? Is we want stories that connect with different stories. So we all learn about these stories. Absolutely. That, yeah. oh, that book I know was my... a quiet contender. It was, it was oh. just, oh, I loved it. It was, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was so beautifully understated. And I know mm. my four children, each one of them, when they were born, my mum made a quilt for them and um, pieced together fabrics that she had and some of the fabrics told stories and some of them were cut up clothing and so yeah I think that really you're right it was it just transcended a lot of cultures yeah Yeah, exactly it connects with everyone ladies we had a wordless picture book take out best illustration the boy and the elephant by the illustrious Freya Blackwood we did indeed. I love wordless picture books. So that, yeah, mm-hmm. that one, yeah. And her illustrations are just so, so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on that team too. I think wordless picture books are amazing. And I think that one really conveyed a story so well. She is a master storyteller, isn't she? And just the way she uses line to create mood and emotion is just masterful. She is a national living treasure. <laughs> she, yes, she is. She is yeah. yeah. And the imagination in there, it's so lovely. And again, that was a strong category, the best illustration category. We had a wordless picture book take out first place. And then second place was Raja Street, which I was very enamored with. I was very happy to see that get up there by Mayo Kim, yeah. which is this amazing collage scape to create the neighborhood. Yeah, I felt like uh, visually and the illustration style of that was quite different to what we've seen before. Mm, yeah. um, so I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah, and, and it's such a more from her. so so rich in such a sort of internal story of what's going on in this little boy's mind. But it's so rich, and it reminds you how rich our kids' internal lives are, and how big the world is. Even just looking out the window, it's just so much for them, and it reminds you of that. It's lovely. And then moving on to nonfiction, we had um, lots of, for want of a better word, meaty nonfiction texts this year. I felt like it really delved into uh, children that are really passionate and want to know those facts. And it's not watered down in any way. It just reminded me of my teaching days where I had children who just 
want that level of detail. They were thirsty for it. And I feel like these, um, the nonfiction contenders really gave that. Um, and then in the picture biography section, I felt like we had some beautiful First Nations voices being heard and stories that are integral to um, our nation being heard and told. So. Yeah, I think they're all First Nations stories in the biography category, but they're all quite different stories and, and mm. really unique and interesting. And I think that's so um, rewarding as a parent and as a teacher to be able to share Indigenous perspectives um, by using the voice of the original creator and not having to, like, I think it's a really fine line between um, having to interpret things or to just present the story as is and let it be told in an own voice. I think we're so lucky with the, um, the, the huge proliferation of books coming out of places like Magabella um, who are promoting these First Nations voices with just amazing books. Amazing. Absolutely. And the Hardy Grant too are really mm. um, are coming to to the um forefront too with with um yeah, celebrating indigenous voices. So Yeah, they're so important they, to us and to what we do and to what we show our kids. Absolutely. And then um we had a lot of um independent or smaller publishers on our long list and, and short list. Um so I think that was quite interesting too to see. Uh, just the amount of the the small publishing choices being our favourites. And, yeah. It's exciting to see, isn't it, the rise of the really small exciting. boutique yeah. publisher who are mindfully creating their catalogues and who aren't just pumping out a catalogue every month. They're really curating their collection, and that's so exciting. Yeah, think, yeah. they're doing real art. There's real art coming out of a lot of those houses. It's It's really mm. nice to see. It sure is. It sure is. Yeah. A firm press and scribble kids. They're doing a marvelous job. And then shall we move into middle grade? Lucy, this is your your zone of genius here. <laughs> well, I don't actually know whether they talk about that much on the okay. podcast. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> I reckon we'll it was a great category, that. guys. It was really But I could talk about it. I know. I could talk about it. I know. I know. Yeah, we I should talk about it after. <laughs> <laughs> Taking out the first place in our board book category was Rhyme Hungry, which is the follow-up to Rhyme Cordial by Antonia Pacenti coming out of the Scribble um, Publishing House. And I think this book is awesome because it plays with paper engineering as well. There's lots of lift-out flaps. And it's the kind of book that you can read again and again and again and again to your toddler and it's still amusing and entertaining and the wordplay in it is super clever and I, I think agree. it sets a very high bar for the kinds of books that you can create for the zero to five age bracket there. I mean, my I eldest agree. is eight and she still loves Rhyme Cordial. Like I was just fun. about to say that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rhyme Hungry was so anticipated by my five-year-olds as a follow-up to Rhyme Cordial. They uh, were so excited when it arrived and they love it and have memorised it. Yeah. And it's teaching, you know, um, preschoolers and kids that are they're going off to school it's teaching them concepts of rhyme it's it's got humor in it um you know cheese toasty cheese ghosty um it's a lot of fun so yeah it's, that was so a no-brainer in the laugh, first place yeah. for me and it's so beautifully 
published just well it's so beautifully put together it's just like so nice to hold in your hand and um yeah. it's, just, it's just it's just beautifully made I really think that's bright. what I, I love about Scribble as well is that they respect their young readers. It doesn't matter how young they are. They know that they're discerning. They deserve amazing illustrations, good print quality, and they deliver. Like, I think they're setting a really high standard here in Australia for what we should be giving our young readers. They're absolute totally. legends, I think. <laughs> lucky, totally uh, lucky us too. <laughs> and then um, I and think then, the other two that were on the board book list were um, – I can play with anything and I can wear anything. And I think that was just a really positive message about taking the gender away and that toys are toys and clothes are clothes and let's just leave it at that, shall we? And I just thought it was just, a, yeah, they were, again, great design, going against the enforced stereotypes that often exist um, for our little people and brightly coloured, simple message, um, lots of repetition. And, um, yeah, my preschoolers really enjoyed those two as well. And then padding out that category as well was Welcome Child by Sally Morgan from Magabella and How to Say Hello, um, which is a part of a great series from Sophie Beer. Um, and, again, all with great illustrations, mm. engaging text, yeah, I felt like How to Say Hello was just such a clever way to talk about consent with really little mm. kids. I thought it was really cleverly done. And, um, yeah, and even the uh, inclusion of the elbow bump, I thought that was kind of a cute nod um, <laughs> to what we've been going through, that there's many different ways to say hello and that with young children and, indeed, all humans, um, there are different ways that people like to say hello and that all should be embraced and we should check in with what children feel comfortable mm. with. So I really, I thought that was a great message. Um, I've always loved Sophie Beer books, but yeah, that was a particularly strong contender for me too. Well, thanks ladies for having us on the podcast <laughs> and chatting about all things Australian books. Yeah, it's been fun. Here's to a 2022 filled with more amazing books as well. What a year it's been. Absolutely.